we just let's 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 just go deep amen let's go let's let's go hard after god let's worship him amen let's, let's just pray right now father we give you glory we we love you we worship you oh father we just give you all thanks for what you're gonna do so god in jesus mighty name we bless you amen 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 Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise in His place. Come on. Amen. I'm not sure if you're a morning person. Go ahead and look at your neighbor. You can tell whether or not they're a morning person. They're still waking up. So what we're going to do here today, since we're having life in the Spirit, and we know that God never sleeps. You guys know that? He's not asleep right now. Like we have to shout, wake him up. Wake up, Lord. No, he's, he's awake. He's here. He's ready. Amen. And so when we come here this morning, we want to just go right after it. So we're going to sing a couple fast songs. Y'all ready for that? I don't know if y'all ready for that. Come on. If, if you're really, really ready, come on up to the front. Okay, come on. Take a step. If, if you're just making your way, you're still waking up, you can't stay in your seat. Don't feel bad. But for y'all who are saying, man, I'm ready. All right, let's do this. One. Let me sing it out, let love. Let love explode and bring the dead to life. A love so bold to see a revolution somehow. Let love explode and bring the dead to life. A love so bold to see a revolution well, somehow I'm lost in your freedom Oh, this world I'll overcome My God's not dead He's surely alive Cause He's living on it Come on, sing it out My God's not dead He's surely alive Cause He's living on it Rolling like a lion Come on, sing out, let hope Let hope arise and make the darkness high My faith is dead, I need a resurrection Somehow, let hope arise and make the darkness high. My faith is dead, I need a resurrection. Somehow, I'm lost in your freedom. Oh, this world's out. Oh, come on, let me sing it out. God's not dead, he's surely alive, cause he's living on the inside, rolling like a light, my God's not dead, he's surely alive, cause he's living on the inside, we'll sing it out, my God's not dead, he's surely alive, cause he's living on the inside, 
Growing like a lion, my God's not dead. He's surely alive, cause he's living on the inside. Growing like a lion. Oh, he's growing like a lion. Yes, Lord. He's growing like a lion. Oh. Roaring like a lion. Let heaven roll and fire fall. Shake the ground with the sound of revival. Let heaven roll, the fire fall. Come on, declare it. Come shake the ground with the sound of revival. Let, Let heaven roll, the fire fall. Come on, every voice. Come shake the ground with the sound. Come on, you ready? Come sing it out. We'll have it roar and fire fall. Come shake the ground with the sound of revival. Let heaven roar, fire fall. Come shake the God's not dead. He's surely alive because he's there. Go sit out. God's not dead. He's surely alive because he's living on the inside. Growing like my God's not dead. He's surely alive because he's living on the inside. Growing like a lion. Oh, come on, lift up your voice, give him praise. You're growing He's rolling like a lion. He's rolling like a lion. Jesus, oh Lord. Come on, put your hands together. Help me sing it out. Oh, praise him. And oh, praise him. Oh, praise him. Come on, sing it out. He is holy. He is holy. Come on, sing it again. Oh, praise him. Oh, praise Turn, turn your ear to heaven and hear the noise inside. Oh, the sound of angels, all oh, the sound of angels' songs, and all this for again. 
we could join and sing all to Christ King. How constant, how divine, the song of ours will arise. Oh, how constant, how divine, this love of ours will rise. Turn your case to heaven and raise a joyous noise. Sound of salvation, come the sound of rescued ones, and all this for our King. Angels join and sing, all for Christ again. Go sing. Love so rescuing, oh how infinitely sweet this great love that has redeemed. We'll sing it out.
this time be filled with your praise unto God. Come on. Give you our adoration, Lord, to be by the feet, to be in your presence, God. It's where I want to be, it's where I want to be. Oh, come on, church, sing from your voice. It's where I want to be, Lord. If you feel with the Spirit in this place, come on, just begin to pray in the Spirit. Begin to worship in the Spirit right now. Come on, if you're not, you're going to have plenty of opportunity. But right now, we're just allowing God to move in power in His church. Come move in power in your church, God, in your body. So na ba ba sa na ba si ka. So re re ba 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 se. So na ba ba se. We worship. We worship. Lord, 
your presence more. Come sing, there's nothing worth more. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence. Come on, I taste it and sing. Sit and see of the sweetest of love when my heart becomes free and my shame is so oh, oh in your presence oh, holy spirit holy Your presence, 
I just want you to play that rhythm that spirit of excitement that comes through this song is tangible but I want us now just to add our own praise to it so come on band just play it right now come on drums 
There you go. Now I want the rest of you just to lift up your voices, speak in other tongues, worship God, get on your knees, jump up and down. Just do whatever you got to do to press in right now. Come on, build your spirit, man, right now. Come on. Jesus. Jesus. We want more of you, God. We want more of you, Lord. We want to experience your presence. We want the life of the Holy Spirit. We receive, we receive. Jesus, Jesus, be glorified. Be glorified. go to the house of the Lord hallelujah I will praise his name all the days of my life I will worship him in the beauty of his holiness there is joy in his presence pleasures at his right hand come on and praise the Lord with me come on and rejoice with me I will magnify the Lord in him my soul will be satisfied. Woo! Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, just press in a few more moments. Just press in. Press in. He's here. Come on, you're making the sacrifice to be here this morning. Receive the reward. Receive his glory. Receive his presence. Receive his word. Receive his love. Receive from the Lord. He's a good God. He gives to all those who ask. Fill us, Lord, overflowing. Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo. Just sing it one more time with the words now in agreement with everybody here. We've said it in our own words. Now we're going to sing it together one more time. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. See, it's more than just a karaoke song. It's the prayer of our heart. Fill this atmosphere, Jesus. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Yes, if you believe it, today, can you give him a hand clap of praise? Come on, and a shout. Come on, just say hallelujah. Come on, God is good. Yes, he is. Amen. As the band plays in an attitude of prayer, would you just find your way back to your seats and grab out your journal? 
We're going to ask that Adam would stay. The rest of the band, you guys can grab a seat. If you don't have a journal or our notes, uh, I know some of our visitors don't yet, so ushers, would you come? And just raise your hands if you don't have it. We're going to get our front row right here. Basically the front row here. Come on. just um... Ushers, can you quickly come to the front row here? And then this front row. Thank you. And the rest of you who have yours, I want you to open up to where you've been taking notes and journaling at the back. For those who are getting them, it will be at the back of these notes. Uh, Brother Jared, we need over here. We need over here, guys. Come on. Spirit of excellence in this house. we got to show our Fort Wayne guests that we love them. Spirit of excellence. Come on, somebody say, Spirit of excellence. Come in Jesus' name. <laughs> oh, we receive it. Just open up to the back of the notes. There's a place with blank notes for you to journal. What's journaling, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked. Journaling's when you write down what God says to you. So I want you to take a few moments right now and write down what God is speaking to you today. If he's not saying anything to you, then write down what you're saying to him. Just write down what you want to say to him or what he is saying to you. And if you're having a communication with God, write down both. I feel I'm saying this and this is on my heart. And I feel God saying this to me. What I love about conferences, and just do that, block me out, those of you who know what you're doing, but for some of you who don't, I'm just going to keep instructing. What I love about conferences is that it's not church as usual. I don't have the opportunity on Sundays to just stop everything and say, hey, are you hearing from God? Okay, let's stop and hear from God then. No, we, we in church are expecting you to come hearing from God. But in the conference, we're going to teach you how to hear from God. When we were worshiping, did God speak anything to your heart? Write it down. When you woke up this morning and you came here, did you face challenges? Maybe some of these challenges may be the same things you're facing, not just on Saturdays coming to a conference, but you're facing them often. Well, write them down and say, Lord, I want to work through these challenges. You said I'm more than a conqueror. Show me. So I'm going to stop talking in just a moment and let Adam just kind of prophesy on this mic and sing in the spirit. Because I feel as in the Old Testament, when the minstrel comes, the Bible would say, uh, the, when the prophets would preach and do things, sometimes they would have the minstrel come and he would just sing what God put on his heart. That's where we got the book of Psalms from. I'm going to stall just a few more moments because I want everybody to get, it don't matter if you are nine years old or 90 years old, you're going to get something today. And it's going to start with you writing stuff down, recording it, taking a record. Those of you who didn't come last night, we missed you, we love you, but thank you for coming today. Our key scripture for the conference is found in the book of Galatians. And the passage is, since we are given the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us walk with the Spirit. Galatians chapter we could you put it up there for him chapter 5 verse 16 and if you weren't here yesterday i'm going to tell you here that this conference is not necessarily about the spiritual gifts 
It's about what God is doing in the Spirit to give us life. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the Spirit. Now go all the way down. I believe it's now 21 here. Go all the way down uh, past that. Verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So Life in the Spirit Conference is about life in the Spirit. Spiritual gifts will flow out of that. We're learning to keep in step with the Spirit. Yesterday we learned about being washed in the Spirit. Those of you who are here, what happened at that altar call? What did God do in your life? What happened when you woke up this morning? Today we're going to hear about walking in the Spirit. Do you want to learn to do that? And then later on we're going to learn about working in the Spirit. Then tomorrow winning in the Spirit. Are you about ready to prophesy? Because I think you guys can hear from God. If you're saying, man, I'm done hearing from God, I think you've missed the point of the conference. Okay, because I'm going to give you more time to pray and hear from God. If you're just like, man, I wish they would stop having me pray and hear from God. I just want to hear the speaker talk. That's another problem. Do you guys get why that's a problem? If you are done talking to God, you don't really got a real relationship with him. You should never be done talking to him. You should always be able to meditate on him, receive from him, even while you're at work, whatever you're doing. And even when you come to church, it shouldn't be, I'm coming to hear a man. I'm coming to hear God. Amen. Do it. Come on. One, two, three, go. Meditate. Write. Journal. Sing prophetically, minstrel. Come on. Speak to us, God. Fill my heart with your word. I want to hear you. Fill my heart with your word. Want to hear you? Fill my heart with your word. I want to hear you. Fill my heart with your word. I want to know you. Fill my life with your power. I want to know you. Fill my life with your power. I want to know you. Fill my life with your power. I want to know you. Fill my heart with your power. Power from on high. Hope in my ears, wanna listen to your word. Hope in my ears, wanna listen to your word. Hope in my ears, wanna listen to your word. Hope in my ears, wanna listen. And open my mind. I want to know you more. And open my mind. I want to know you more, Lord. I'm open my mind. I want to know you more. Yeah. I'm open my mind. 
what is God saying to you what is God speaking we want to train you to hear from God you won't have a preacher or worship band with you on Monday but the Holy Spirit who brings life will be with you and he wants you to keep in step with them he wants your conscience to be so tender That if you're in the middle of making a business deal, and it will even profit you, maybe you're in sales, but he speaks to your heart and says, no, this is not the right deal for them. Tell them about this other one. And you may make less money. Maybe you're trying to sell them an Apple computer, and and, and God says, no, tell them the HP is all they need. You're going to be sensitive. Or maybe you're sitting down with your, your boss, or you're a boss, and you're sitting with your employees. And you're coming for strategies. You know, holiday season's coming up. What's our marketing going to be like? God can give you creative ideas, wisdom. He may say, hey, let's put out this commercial. Let's put this ad out. You know, God bless Joseph like that. God bless Daniel like that. God will bless you like that. Favor, uncommon wisdom. And now about your family. You ever get into a fight with your spouse, husbands, wives? We want to be able to hear what the Spirit is saying. So many times, you know, I'll put down my my foot and go, this is how it's going to be. This is what I'm doing, Nancy and kids. Listen to me, I'm the man here. And then God will say, no, that's not how I want it. Go back and say you're sorry. Go back and apologize. Do it this way. How about children going to school starting, you know, in the next couple of weeks, all the young people here. Don't you want to hear the Spirit lead you to the right friends, to the right activities? Is there anybody here, whether you're young or old, entrepreneur or working in sales, is there anybody here that can honestly say, I don't need the Spirit to lead me. I don't need to be sensitive to His voice. No. All those who are born of God, who have the Spirit, should be led by God. Come on, just 60 more seconds, man of God. That's beautiful. If you want to sing that or something like it, just keep encouraging us. Jesus, speak to us.
Amen. Can somebody say amen? How many heard something from God? You heard something from Jesus? Amen. If you didn't, stick around. God's going to speak to you. This is what it's like to serve God. It's a life led by the Spirit, not by religion. See, the difference between us and Islam, I, did a, I wrote a book on Islam. The difference between us and them is that God speaks to us. See, Islam says you have to go to a prophet that lived 1,500 years ago and hear what he said. And do you know that in their writings it's called the Hadith? Do you know that they get so specific that they tell you how to use the bathroom? God wants you to use the bathroom like this. Tell you how to clean and wash your body. This is how God wants you to take a bath. Now, do you know why religion kills and brings death? It's because it makes men slaves to law. Can you put up that passage, brother, please? And go up to the beginning, verse 13. But the Spirit sets us free from law. Not that we become lawless, but that now by the Spirit we fulfill God's law. So we don't need somebody to tell us how to bathe, what food to eat. We don't need that. What we need is the Spirit. And what happens is when you come, when you come to Christianity and you make Christianity your religion, you may be sitting next to somebody right now and you and them may be having two ex different experiences in this church. Because if you're sitting next to somebody that's making Christianity a religion, when we said meditate, they ain't got nothing to meditate on. Because all they did was come to hear what a man had to say. But there's another person that when we said, spend time with God, they're like, oh my goodness, I get to do that again? Woo, praise him. Jesus, I love you. What's going on today? All right. You see, there's two different kinds of people here. There's religious people that just want to come do the sign of the cross, have me give you some num-nums, tell you you're pardoned of your sin. And then there's other people who it's all about him. It's, thank you, Lord, you're speaking through my pastor today. Thank you, Lord, you spoke through my neighbor today. Thank you, Lord, you spoke through the song. Thank you, Lord, you spoke on the way to work today. Thank you, Lord, you, you spoke to me when I was eating breakfast this morning. Thank you, Lord, you spoke to me when I got to the job. You know, you spoke to me. You're speaking, Lord, and I'm listening. I want you to go up to, I believe it's verse 12. Go up one more here, please. Right there. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, you'll destroy each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The Bible talks about if you're not living by the Spirit, you're living by the flesh. And so if you think more laws are going to help you do good and not live by the flesh, it will never help you. Let me give you an example. Does seeing the speed limit stop you from speeding? Most of us, it does not stop us from speeding. Blow right by that thing. When you see the police officer pulled on the side of the road does that help you stop speeding how many know when you see the police officer that's when you put on the brakes because what's the difference 
one is just a law the other is a person and what God is trying to say is if all you have is laws thou shall not lie thou shall not steal and you don't have the person of God these things will not transform you just being told these things will not transform you but if you have the spirit if you have the law giver on the inside of you and the empowerer and the counselor the spirit who represents the father and son there's the father and son they are together in heaven and the spirit is with us now living in each one of us now you know what it's like it's like driving your car with the police officer in it everywhere you go he tells you don't do that and then the Lord will say some things to you that he doesn't say to other people. He'll say to you, you know what? I don't like you watching that. When you watch that on TV, it changes your attitude with your friends and with your family. So I don't want you to watch that. Now, we're all not supposed to watch pornography and things like that. But hello, I'm talking about God may say to you, I don't even want you watching TV for a season. Because every time you get into sports, every time you get into the Real Housewives of Orange County, every time you keep up with the Kardashians, you neglect me. Every time you watch what's going on on these music videos with Lady Gaga, you neglect me. And he may be saying to you, I just want your attention. Every time you're about ready to turn on TV, open up your word. Do I, do I know that he can speak like that? Yes, because he told me to do it for eight years. God, the Holy Spirit, said, don't watch TV for eight years. Don't listen to non-Christian music for eight years. I couldn't even listen to Barry Manilow. I couldn't listen to Mariah Carey, Celine Dion. It didn't matter what it was. God said, stay away from it. Now, he may be speaking that to you right now. See, he knows the friends right now, sir. He knows your friends. And he knows the ones he wants you to be with and the ones he doesn't want you to be with. Now, your parents may look at him and say, okay, the one with piercings, no. The one with tattoos, no. The one that plays football, yes. But your parent may not know the one playing football is dealing drugs on the side and the one with the tattoos is trying to go to church like you. See, because we'll judge by the outside experiences. And yes, you got to obey your parents as long as you're living at home. But those of you that are here, you have to learn to hear from God. What is he saying? This conference is designed to do that. And then it lists the acts of the flesh. And I'm just reviewing them. I won't do it in our second session, but I'm doing it here. It says, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Verse 19, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Somebody say obvious. I mean, these are things that anybody with the conscience knows. We know these things are wrong. Let me just give you a little insight to this because I want everybody to understand what's happening in our culture with sexual perversion. The reason why homosexuality has such a voice is because on the inside they know what they do is wrong. They're suppressing it. And if a government will affirm it, they think that it will ease their conscience. Think about that. The depravity in their heart knows it's wrong. But they don't want to let that be the voice they hear. So they think when they hear a voice inside their heart that says it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, they think it's coming just from man. So they're thinking to themselves, well, you know, culture says we drive on the right side of the road in America. In London, they drive on the left side of the road. My culture has told me that I'm not supposed to marry the same sex. 
So that must be where that voice comes from. So I want to have a day that I'm proud of my sin. I want to have a day where I become proud of it so that voice inside of me will become less and less and less. And then I want the government to change their laws to reflect what I want to do so that I won't hear that voice anymore. But I want to ask you a question. If they chanted over and over and over again, I'm gay and I'm going to stay this way. If they chanted till they can't hear the voice of their conscience anymore and they get a culture like it was in the time of Rome where the government not only approves of homosexuality but of pedophilia. Government officials, people with money, showed off their wealth by the young boys that they had with them for sexual pleasure. Roman soldiers, government officials. Now let's say they can change the voice of culture and change what they're hearing in their conscience. Does that change what God has said? Think of it like this. In the time of Hitler, he convinced a nation, Germany, that Jews were no longer people. And people got so hardened in their conscience that they could slaughter. You know, it wasn't one man named Hitler putting people into a gas chamber. It was soldiers. It was a group. It was a nation. You know, there were some in the nation that weren't for it. But for the most part, it was a nation that served that demonic understanding. Jews aren't people. Put them in boxcars like animals. Men did that. Men like you and me. Women would meet the women there in the gas chambers, shave off their heads, take their hair and sell them as wigs and, and doll things for their children, take off all their clothes, spray them down, and then put them in gas chambers. Women would do that. How? Because their flesh no longer wanted to hear what God was saying. But did that take away the value of Jewish people? See, that's why we have to be careful when we think that with church, we're playing make-believe that, you know, this is kind of like Dungeons and Dragons for adults, and this is the, the white magic, you know, and we come here and we pretend we're Gandalf the wizard, and we talk about spiritual demons and things like that, and then we go out into the real world, and we do work with mathematics and hammers and nails, and this is just our little make-believe time. This is our role-playing. See, the world wants you to think that way. But ask yourself this question, where did the value of Jewish people come from? Where did the understanding of sexual relations between man and woman come from? If we think we can change it how we please, that we are the creators of our own destiny, then we have fallen into the very trap that the devil said, to Adam and Eve, day one in the garden. He says, you see this fruit? This will make you like God. You'll be in control of good and evil. This conference is to teach you, to teach a culture how to hear what the Spirit is saying, not what the flesh is saying. And no matter how good sometimes the flesh feels, 
Because you know the next thing coming right down the road is polygamy. Just how they did it with homosexuality, they're doing it with polygamy. And as a matter of fact, the same people that promoted homosexuality are now promoting polygamy. And tell me how many men wouldn't want that. Hey, I get to have a couple wives. I don't need to look at BigHooters.com anymore. Do you know that I watched a show on Tyra Banks <clears throat> that went beyond polygamy and went into a belief that you don't even have to have one gender or one spouse. You can have multiple relationships with people called polyandry. Never even heard of it before. So if you're bisexual, you can have two men you're in love with and you can have two or three girlfriends and your two or three girlfriends can have two or three boyfriends and girlfriends. Do you know that what I'm about ready to read comes from the flesh is orgies? And when I was growing up in 95, before I got saved, 95, if you would have said to me, there is going to be a mainstream talk show that is going to be approving to your generation, not just homosexuality, but orgies, I would have said, you are out your mind. That ain't going to be on TV. Nobody is going to put that on. That's going to be on a pornography channel. Look at this verse. The acts of the sinful nature are what? When you don't see them as obvious anymore, that's when your heart is really hard. I cannot believe what has happened as we've gotten further and further and further away from God and more and more in the flesh. We make excuses for all these things. But I still believe that men has a conscience and that they know better. They may get mad and they may cuss you out. And they may no longer be your friend on Facebook and block you. But you believe what this Bible says, my friend. Because you're going to be judged accordingly. Here's what it says. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. The first three he mentions are about perversion. Don't have sex outside of marriage. Don't look at pornography. Don't get drunk and have wild sex parties. That's what debaucherous is. Other words, like Mardi Gras. I've been to 12 of them. Idolatry. Don't have statues in your home you pray to. Well, this is the mother of Guadalupe. Don't do that. This is St. Peter, the patron saint of my family. Don't do that. Don't pray to that statue. Well, this is Joseph, the saint of lost things, and I lose my keys all the time. No, don't do that. Well, this, this Buddha looks good next to the garden I planted in the backyard. No, don't do that. No idols or witchcraft. Well, you know, I'm a Scorpio. I got to check it out sometimes. I got I to see what's going on. No, don't do that. Well, I, I'm just calling up 1-900-PSYCHIC hotline because I'm just curious. No, horoscopes, psychic hotlines, witchcraft. Hatred. Now watch, watch this line of things he says. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. Just right there. Tell me one reality TV show that's not based on that. Tell me one. Only one I can think of is Duck Hunters. 
That's the only one I can think of that's not based on hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, keeping up with the Kardashians, Real Housewives of Jersey, Jersey Shore, you know, Real Housewives of Orange County. They just keep putting it out. And, and you know, it used to be the soap operas back in the day, but now it's the reality shows. And it's all based around those things, hating on each other, discord. And let's just be honest, though, though we know, because I had a person in our church, she comes from time to time, was on the Style Network, was on one of these reality shows. She does hair. And she says, you know, it's so fake because a lot of the times they set these situations up. Okay, granted, it's fake. But the honest part of it, is that not the heart? Is it not the heart of man to gossip? So your job may not be a setup for a reality show, but are there people hating on you? Are there people in discord? Is there people in your family that are jealous? Do you get around people in your community with fits of rage? I had a woman yell at me out on this street for 20 minutes just this morning screaming and hollering at me she said i don't want that blankety blank god stuff you guys are blankety blank this ain't a church it's a laundromat why are you guys here since you called me you're a white boy why are you in my neighborhood i'm telling you andrew in the back did that not happen people are full of rage selfish ambition how does an Enron happen? How does something like Bernie Madoff, how does a government give out so much loans for houses that we can't pay it back and literally almost crashes the entire system? Selfish ambition. You teach the businessman right now at uh, U of I downstate, down right there in Urbana, Illinois, U University of Illinois, largest college in Illinois, one of the best, U of I, you teach the businessman, well, you're a product of evolution. You came from an animal that came from a lizard, that came from a fish, that came from, you know, something in the sea, that came from evolution. This is all you are. And you teach that businessman that how animals succeed in the animal kingdom is survival of the fittest. You teach that businessman that. What do you think he's going to do when he gets in business? Greed is good. Survival of the fittest. Might is right. You got entire cities going bankrupt now, not just Detroit. You've got cities going bankrupt because the unions, the people, the teachers are all saying, where's our money? And the people in government are going, it's gone. Sorry, teachers, gone. Isn't it a sad day in Chicago when teachers have to ask for financial provision? And yet we can have a million people go watch the Blackhawks just hold up a trophy for two hours downtown. And here's Bob. Did you guys see it? It stopped everything in the city when the Blackhawks won. Stopped everything on TV. Stopped the traffic. Every news station had the Blackhawks on. Holding up their trophy. Holding up their idol. Here it is. And I'm not saying anything wrong with sports, but that's, that's what happens when we put sports in a selfish ambition. Here's our trophy. Now Bob holds up the trophy. Now Mike holds up the trophy. Selfish. Selfish. Do you, do you honestly think? Some of you have heard this before, but it's a conference. Relax. You're not going anywhere. Amen? Some of us think that God is not paying attention to this. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, uh, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness using alcohol last word what does it say drunkenness then did the pastor did i write that in there no 
It's happening. And the like, I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit. Everybody say, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no... So there's no law against love. There's no law against those things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the what? The flesh with his passions and desires. That's what this conference is about, baby. That's what my wife's going to preach on. She's got plenty of time. Don't you worry about it. Don't you worry. We're going to stand and greet in just a little bit. So, brother, get the video ready for it. Let them stretch their legs in a moment. But we're, just, we're prepping you for something here. We're trying to help you understand as the leadership of this church that there is a battle in this world between the flesh and what the devil wants and the spirit and what God wants. Now, what do you want? Do you want to go with the spirit? Love, joy, peace. Well, pastor, I won't be able to go to my job then because there ain't no peace there. No, but if the spirit's with you, When you go there, peace comes with you. And when you work there, peace stays with you. You can be in a situation of turmoil with peace. Peace is not the absence of a storm. Peace is tranquility through the storm. Hello, somebody. God doesn't have to change the whole world right now. That's happening at Armageddon. He don't have to do that to show he's the Prince of Peace, destroy every government, every leadership, and establish his kingdom. No, right now he can prove he's the Prince of Peace by giving you peace that's beyond your own understanding that will keep you perfectly in this world. He will show everybody he's boss. You will be a testimony to Jesus Christ when peace is in your heart, when joy is in your heart. So you have to ask yourself today and tomorrow in this conference, do I want to live by the Spirit or do I want to live by my flesh? I can make excuses for it. That's what Hitler did. I can say it's okay. And I can be whoever I want to be. But when I go to heaven, he's going to say, that's not who I wanted you to be. Somebody might say, Pastor, you don't know me. I was born like this. I was born with these problems. I was born into this religion. I was born into this culture. I was born with this mindset. The Bible says, be born again. Let Christ give us a new life. See, I rejected, this is my mom and dad right there. I rejected Christianity because I didn't like that it didn't want me to do those things, the bad things. I wanted to do them. And then I realized that those things actually destroyed my life. Do you think lying continually is going to make you happier? So why do it once? If it doesn't lead to happiness, why do it once? Why take a step on that path? We put satellites out. We put people on the moon. If they're off by one inch, one one direction, they'll miss the moon entirely. Everything matters. Physics, bam, let's hit the target. The word sin, hermanutai, means to miss the target. It means you're off target. And if you're off target by one inch and you're telling one lie, you keep going off target. You're going to get further and further and further. And then another lie, then another lie. I don't want to live by lies. I don't want to live by anger. I don't want to live by selfish ambition. I don't want to live by perversion. What would you rather have? An MTV? Music video, young people, every young person, look at me as we get ready to the fellowship. 
Do you want an MTV music video or do you want a husband or wife that loves you and a happy family? What you want? We'll take a step in that direction then. If you don't want what Lady Gaga is selling, stop buying. If you don't want what Little Wayne is selling, stop buying. If you don't want to be tatted up, gold in your mouth, three baby mamas, if you don't want that, then stop buying it. Stop buying it. Stop acting like I can listen to it and it not affect you. It does affect you. It affects your mindset. It affects the way you talk to your parents. It affects the way you choose your friends by. Because I guarantee you, none of your friends in this church are saying, I'm listening to country, Pastor. No, you're choosing friends that are thinking that way. And country's got its own problems, but I'm just giving you a mindset. Why are you guys all dressing that way? Why are you guys all putting on the shoes you wear? Why are you all putting on the glasses you wear? Because that's what somebody else told you to put on. And that's the one that's becoming your boss. That's the one that's becoming your master. And the Bible says you can't serve two masters. You can't have you and Lil Wayne as a master. It can't be you and Drake. It can't be you and uh, Kanye West. It's you and Jesus. He's Lord of all. He's not Lord at all. The Spirit gives us life. The flesh brings death. Jesus says, make your choice. Amen. Can we all stand up together? We're going to greet one another after I pray. And then Nancy's going to preach like a woman on fire. Amen. Father, we thank you today for this awesome time to get together and hear from you. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. I hope that it was explained properly to your sons and daughters here, Lord, that they'll understand why they're here, what they're to get out of this, and how to live it when they leave here. Lord, bless us as we fellowship and get ready to hear this word. In your precious name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give them a hand clap. Woo, woo. Greet one another. Shake somebody's hand. We'll get to preaching in just a minute. Welcome to the Life Conference.
show Praise International. How many of you are in love with Jesus this morning? Make some noise. Come on. For those that don't know me, my name is Nancy Wyrostek. I'm one of the apostolic elders here. And I will be preaching session two of this Life in the Spirit conference, Walking in the Spirit. So let's open up in prayer. If you could close your eyes and bow your heads. God, we just thank you for your presence in this place. Holy Spirit, you are speaking. And we tune our ears to what you have to say to us. God, I pray that this message does not come forth with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power. Your word is like a double-edged sword, sharper, God, sharper than a double-edged sword, penetrating the spirit. I pray, oh God, that your word would come forth in power. In Jesus' mighty name, be exalted this morning. And I pray, oh God, that your sons and your daughters would hear what you would have to say to them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. So if you could please turn to your notes with me in the the booklet here. Walking in the Spirit is the title of this message, and I will be reading Galatians 5, in the book of Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 26. But before we, we, we read that whole passage, I want to simply have you fill in the blanks to verses 16 through 17, which is the theme of the title of this message. It says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. Say conflict so that you are not to do whatever you want. Look to your neighbor say, you can't do whatever you want. I'll give you a couple seconds here to fill out the blanks. They're not that many. We have defined life and the spirit to mean to be empowered and led by the Holy Spirit in all ways, to always live a life pleasing to God. I want us to say that together. I want us to say that whole sentence, the spirit defined on the count of three. One, two, three. Life in the spirit means to be empowered and led by the Holy Spirit in all ways to always live a life pleasing to God. How many of you in this room want to live a life that pleases God? It is by the power of the Holy Spirit, his empowerment in our life and his leading that is going to allow us to walk this journey to please God in all ways. Amen? So I want to give you a background information quickly about the book of Galatians. The Apostle Paul wrote this book. It is a letter to the churches in Galatia. It wasn't just one church. It was multiple churches that we believe many he planted. And it was to all these, you know, early communities in the province of Rome. So Galatia was in Rome, and he's writing to to his churches. And his primary concern was the controversy surrounding the Gentile Christians, the non-Jews that converted to Christianity, and the Mosaic Law. So he wanted to clear things up. He wanted to make sure that the churches that he planted, that the people that were in there, were not being brought to confusion and strayed away. Because most of those converts came from paganism. And they converted to Christianity. And Paul's teaching was very clear. It was a faith-centered teaching. But there were people in the midst that came and started pulling these churches away 
to what, God, to what Paul referred to as a different gospel. And this gospel was talking about how salvation is through the law. And the message that Paul preached to them is that you're saved by grace through faith in the name of Jesus. It is not by works. And so these Judaizers, they were preaching this legalistic uh, law, putting, imposing the people that Paul taught differently. And what legalism does it, it, is that it, it neglects mercy. It is ignorant of the grace of God. And he's telling them, who has bewitched you? Who is leading you astray into this different gospel? Because it's not the gospel that Paul was teaching them. They were being receptive to this new teaching. And this letter is Paul's response to that. Amen? So let's read, if you could follow along with me in your Bibles, and it's also going to be up on the screen. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 through 26. Yes, we're going to read all 13 verses. Because if you work the word, the word will work for you. Amen? Let's read this, if you could follow along with me. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in, in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. Verse 16, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, Paul is telling them, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against, against such things there is no law. Verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Amen. Point number one, love your neighbor as yourself. In verse 14, it says it very clearly. Galatians 5, 13 through 14, you, my brothers and sisters, Paul says we're called to be free. But do not use this freedom to indulge your, to indulge your flesh He's telling them you have to serve one another humbly in love. And the law, this law that is being pushed on you, that is telling you that this is how you are saved. See, this command right here to love your neighbor sums up the law. It fulfills everything. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out. You will be destroyed by each other. Up to this point, Paul has spoken many times, several times of freedom. Freedom is what grace gives to us. The law brings death, but the spirit gives life. The true nature of Christian freedom is only through the life of the spirit and the spirit's power that the Christian can live for God and not fulfill the desires of the sinful nature. 
Freedom has been given to you and I to serve God and to serve others as love dictates. Freedom is not a license to sin. So he's telling uh, them, you've been given this grace. We're not under the law. Because of the cross of Jesus, that does not bring salvation to us. It is by grace. So it's this freedom is not to be used as a license to sin, to indulge in your flesh. You have been freed from that. Be led by the Spirit. The command to love one another fulfills the whole law. Is there anyone in your life right now that you can think of, that you can honestly search your heart right now, that you could honestly say you do not have the love of Christ for? Unforgiveness and bitterness are the two greatest hindrances to loving your neighbor. And your neighbor has been created in the very image of God. And Paul's first command here, telling them to live by the Spirit, don't give in to your flesh, is you've got to love your neighbor. You've been free. You've been set free. And so if some of you in this room are not able to honestly say, I love my brother and sister in the Lord with the love of Christ, or my coworker who is an unbeliever, I love that person with the love of Christ, or a certain somebody that hurt you, whether it was at a, as a child, your teenage years, as an adult, if there's unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody, that is something that you're going to need to bring before the Lord. Forgiveness doesn't excuse the wrong that was done to you, but it sets you free. It sets you free because the enemy loves to keep people in bondage with unforgiveness and bitterness. And let's think about this for a little bit. Let's think about the married couples in here. If you think about your spouse, if you are not careful, the enemy will plant roots of bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart towards your own spouse. We must love at all times. Your children, children to the moms and the dads, your relationship to the people around you has to be rooted in the love of Christ co-workers, neighbors. I have another question for you. Is there any backbiting in your life? Any gossip, any slander that you have allowed to take place in your life? You may be around it at work and you may say to yourself, well, I'm trying to live for Jesus, but you know what? It's always around me and I just can't help but give into it. Listen to me. The Bible says you will be destroyed by doing that. That is not a life pleasing to God. You must repent and get rid of that. Love is the solution. That is what Paul is going to be teaching in this next section. But I want to explain to you that the life that is pleasing to God is a life that is lived in the Holy Spirit. Amen? And what does that mean? To be empowered and to be led by the Holy Ghost in all ways so that we're always living a life pleasing to God. The tongue has the power of life and death. If we are given to gossip, if we are given to backbiting, we're speaking death over our situation. You're speaking death into your marriage. You're speaking death into your children's lives. We must guard our heart. We must guard our words. And this was his warning. Watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. How can they be destroyed by just simply backbiting? The simple, you know, gossip, well, that doesn't really hurt anybody, but you're not understanding the root that that causes inside of your spirit and the power that's in our words. 
First John chapter four, verse 20 through 21, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Here it is again. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So if you can see somebody face to face at work, your neighbor, your family, extended family, and you cannot say, I love them with the love of Jesus, then the Bible says that you're a liar and that you cannot love God either because you've never seen him. So I want you guys to take a couple seconds before we move on to take inventory right now of your life. Is there bitterness in your life? Have you allowed gossip to take root? Is there somebody that you honestly do not have love for and they may have genuinely, horribly treated you wrong? God wants to set you free today. God wants to set you free. I want you to take your notes and I want you to write that person's name. I can't make you forgive anybody. It is only by the grace of God and his spirit that will help you to do so. But I want you to write that person's name down. It may be more than one. And I, you're going to have to deal with it before the Lord. Number two, walk by the spirit. Galatians 5, 16 through 18. So I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So here, Paul's answer to the backbiting, Paul's answer to them about loving your neighbor, living in this freedom. What was his, his solution here to the backbiting, to the devouring, to the destroying that was happening in the Christian assemblies there in Galatia? He's saying, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. It is only by walking in the Spirit that you will cease to gratify the desires of the flesh. It is a Spirit alone who can keep you truly free. There are two characteristic themes that is very common in Paul's theology. It's this contrast between flesh and Spirit. And I want to give you the definition of flesh. And when I read this, it just rocked my world. The Christian vocabulary has taken over this word flesh. And this is what it means because some of you that are new to Christianity, new to living for Jesus, you may think, what is she talking about flesh and spirit? Are you talking about my skin, all this mushy gooey stuff on my body? No, no, no. Our flesh is our old man, who we used to be before Christ transformed us. Listen to this definition. Flesh is man as a fallen being whose desires, even at best, originate from sin and are stained by it. I'm going to read it again. Man as a fallen being whose desires, even at best, originate from sin and are stained by sin. All the evil that man is, and is capable of apart from the intervention of God's grace in his life. That is your flesh. Oh, but the cross of Jesus Christ 
Nothing but the blood of Jesus can wash us and make us white like snow. He saved us from the old man. He says, behold, the old is gone and the new has come. You are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Walk in the spirit. Keep in step with the spirit. Do not give in to your flesh. Don't listen to your flesh. Don't gratify that old man. Feed your spirit. It is the born-again believer's life. The Spirit of God comes into us, into our dead state, and makes us alive. Christ within the hope of glory. We have been born again of life from the Spirit of God. It is the Spirit that makes victory possible. But it's only to the degree that you allow him to do so. Only to the degree that you as the believer allow the spirit to bring victory to you. You must walk by the spirit, live by the spirit. And this word walk in this verse right here in verse six, verse 16 is a present tense verb. It says, so I say, walk by the spirit. It's talking about right now, right now. It points to a continuing condition and your need for it. Walk by the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.17, write this down and you could look it up later. 1 Corinthians 6.17, but he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. How many of you have united themselves with the Lord this morning? You have been born again. You have received the salvation that comes through grace alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone. We have been united with Christ, and we are one with him in spirit. There was a, there's a woman by the name of Hannah Tatum Smith. She was a lay speaker and an author in the holiness movement here in the United States. And this is what her writings unfold to us about the lives of the disciples and what they went through and what many believers today experience. The usual course of Christian, of Christian experience is pictured in the history of the disciples. First, they were awakened to see their condition and their need. How many of you, when you came to Christ, you were awakened to your condition and your need for him? Then they came to Christ and gave their allegiance to him. They followed him, worked for him, and believed in him. And yet, how unlike him. They sought to be set up one above the other. They ran away from the cross, misunderstanding his mission and his words. They forsook their Lord in time of danger. Yet, they were still sent out to preach, recognized by him as his disciples, possessing power to work for him. Then came Pentecost. And these same disciples came to know him as one with them in actual union. He was sent to them, Christ within, working in them to will and to do of his good pleasure. No longer was there a war of wills and a clashing of interests. One will alone animated them, and that was his will. One interest alone was dear to them, and that was his. They were made one with Christ. There should come a time in every Christian's life where he or she totally, completely yields to the lordship of Jesus Christ. He must be Lord. If you are going to walk in the spirit, you must be one with him. 
he has to have 100% authority, 100% control, 100% power over you. He becomes your master, your chief, your ruler. There's no 50-50. There's no let's make a deal, God. He is Lord of all or not Lord at all. He becomes your master. You become one with him in spirit. We unite together with Christ. That is walking in the spirit. Whose will animates you? Whose interest is most important to you? Answer the question. If your answer to these two questions was not Jesus, you must check your heart. When his will animates you, you will hear the cries of the lost. You will see the pain in people's eyes. When his interests are most important to you, You will spend time in prayer and study of God's word. When his interests are most important to you, you will be okay with rejection. You will not fear man, but you will fear God. You will not live for the praise of man, but you will live for the praise of God. When his interests are most important to you, you will not be ashamed to confront sin and call evil, evil. Woo, Jesus. Philippians 2, 1 through 4, listen to this. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, how many of you in this place have encouragement from being united with Christ? If any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Say like-minded having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. One with who? With Jesus. Same spirit of Christ. The same love that comes from Christ. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. See, when we walk by the Spirit, we're walking in the humility that comes from Christ. We're understanding that we are to be one with him in spirit, like-minded with the brothers and sisters, the believers around us, because if we're all unified with him, that we all have the same vision, we all have the same mind, we all have the same goal and the same purpose, and that's to see his kingdom come to this earth. How many of you are ready to walk in the Spirit? To be one with Christ in your mind, and your will, and your emotions, to allow humility to take over your life because God says that he opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. You cannot walk in the spirit and allow pride to take root in your life. Pride cannot lead you. It's a walk of humility, humbly serving God, humbly serving each other in love. Number three. Do not gratify the flesh. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality. Impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, Paul says, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. You remember what flesh means. We cannot give in to our flesh. That is a fallen state of man. That is who we used to be. But the spirit 
makes victory possible. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When you ask Jesus to come into your life, to make you born again, to forgive you of your sins, you crucified your flesh with Christ. You no longer live anymore. It's Christ who lives in you. And so these acts of the flesh are obvious, should not be in our life. And some of you may look at this list and you'll be like, oh, well, you know what? I, I know that homosexuality is a sin and I would never agree with that. Oh, my goodness, orgies. I would never think of doing that. Oh, really? But, but what about jealousy? What about being envious of other people? What about being selfish? See, selfishness comes out in your marriage. Well, I'm going to tell on myself. It'll come out in your marriage. It'll come out in your relationship with your children. But that's why we can't gratify our flesh. We must walk in the spirit of God. Because when you look at this list, the acts of the flesh that is obvious, we as believers must always be careful of what we're allowing to come into our, into our thought life, to come into our mind, and what we're acting out on, the attitude that we're acting out on. Every Christian in his or her life has to learn the biblical principle of dying to self. Our life is not our own. We belong to Jesus. He owns us now. We're his possession. Our way of thinking, our will, our desires have to be taken to the cross and crucified daily. Why? Because the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other. When you are forgotten or neglected and you don't sting and hurt with the insult or the oversight, but your heart is happy, being counted worthy to suffer for Christ, that is dying to self. When your good is evil spoken of, when your wishes are crossed, your advice is disregarded, your opinions are ridiculed, and you refuse to let anger rise in your heart or even defend yourself, but take it all in patient, loving silence, that is dying to self. When you are content with any food, any income, any climate, any solitude, any interruption by the will of God, that is dying to yourself. When you never care to refer to yourself in conversation or to record your own good works or itch after commendation, when you can truly love to be unknown, that is dying to self. When you can see your brother prosper and have his needs met and can honestly rejoice with him in spirit and feel no envy or question God while your own needs are far more greater and in desperate circumstances, that is dying to self. When you can receive correction and reproof from one of less stature than yourself and can humbly submit inwardly and outwardly finding no rebellion or resentment rising up in your heart, that is dying to self. Are you dead yet? Are you dead yet? When you were born again, your flesh was crucified with Christ. Have you given the enemy a foothold in your life? Because jealousy is all that the devil needs to bust your door wide open, 
selfishness, envy, hatred, discord, fits of rage, anger, just a little bit. That's all the devil wants. Let me just get just a little bit of my foot in the crack of your door and he'll bust it wide open. We can't gratify the flesh. We've got to live by the spirit of God. We are not given offense. We choose to take offense. And what often offends us reveals what's in our heart. Let's not live in a spirit of offense all the time. Every little thing people say to you, oh, that offended me. Oh, that offended me. Live by the Spirit. Be free. Get rid of the spirit of offense over your life. Be free in Jesus. Die to yourself. Be okay with being unknown. Be okay with not being the subject of every conversation. Be okay with not receiving the praise of man. But know that God is watching what you're doing behind closed doors. And he has a reward for you in heaven. Be led by the spirit of God. Everyone wants the benefit of the cross. But no one wants to be crucified. Everybody wants to go to heaven. But nobody wants to die. Everybody wants Jesus to change them, but no one wants to do what Jesus says will change them. Don't gratify your flesh. Christianity isn't about improving yourself. It's losing yourself. Don't give the devil a foothold. Don't allow the little foxes to spoil the vine. Walk by the Spirit. Galatians 5, through 24. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Say love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. What does walking in the spirit look like? That's what it looks like. Bringing the love of Jesus wherever you go. Having the peace of Christ that comes from the Prince of Peace in your heart. In any circumstance, in every storm of life. Being gentle with your children. Gentle with your spouse. Loving. Selfless. Having self-control. Oh, well, you know, I just can't control myself. I have these, you know, bursts of rage. No, 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 no. When you walk by the fruit of the Spirit, you have self-control. You can control your temper. You can control your anger. You can control your sexual drive, young people, and wait to have sex until you're married because you are not an animal. God created you in his image. He created you in his image. You have the spirit of God on the inside. And the fruit of the spirit is self-control. It's faithfulness. Being faithful to God above all else. That's what it looks like. Have you crucified your flesh? Oh, because that dirty old flesh, it wants to always come back. But we have to remember when we were saved, when we were born again, made new, our flesh was crucified with Christ and we were made one with him in spirit. Do you come before God daily and allow him to examine your heart? Philippians 2, 12 through 13 Therefore, my dear friends, as you have already obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Paul is not saying here that we're working for our salvation. We are working out 
our salvation. It is the operation of our salvation. And we do so in fear and trembling. Why? Because we're fearing and trembling a holy God. It is having a holy fear of God that trembles at the thought of sin ruling our life. That is how we work out our salvation. And it is God who wills in us. He produces in every believer the desire to live righteously and the effective energy to do so. So he gives us the desire and he gives us the energy. That's why we have to walk with the spirit because it all comes from him. We can't do it by ourselves. There is nothing good in us. We can't even earn or work our way to receiving salvation. Everything comes from him. So when we receive his salvation through grace, we work out this salvation now in fear and trembling before God because he's holy and we should tremble in the thought, tremble at the thought of sin ruling our life because it's him who's working. Jesus gives you the desire to live for him. He's giving you the desire to live righteously. He's giving you the energy to effectively work out this walk that we call Christianity. Amen? Number four, keep in step with the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. So after he's taught them, love your neighbor. Serve them humbly. Don't give in to the flesh. Walk by the Spirit. Your flesh has been crucified with Christ. Don't gratify the sinful nature that is so obvious. And he said, since we're living by the Spirit, keep in step with it. Don't become conceited. Don't become proud or egotistical or self-centered, self-satisfied. And provoke people to anger, to annoy them, to aggravate them, or to envy people's possessions, or to be envious of other people's successes. Get rid of that. That's not the life of the Spirit. That is not how we keep in step with the Spirit. I believe the root of all of the above is pride. If we could just get that pride out of our heart and humbly walk with God being led by the Spirit of God, walking by the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit is the ultimate solution to evil, sin, and the flesh. Luke 9, 23. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and take up their cross daily and follow me. So how do we keep in this in step with the spirit? You are a disciple and you deny yourself. You pick up your cross daily and you follow Jesus. Where he goes, you go. What he tells you to say, you say. What he does, you do. Keeping in step with where the spirit is leading you. How does he want you to act in your marriage? How does he want you to act and raise your children? How does he want you to act on the job? Are you bringing the fruit of the spirit to every place you go? Does it fill the atmosphere? Does it change the atmosphere that you are in? That's what the spirit of God does. And if he resides in you, if you have asked Jesus to be your Lord and savior, your master, you have been born again. 
the Spirit of God gives you power. He leads you to live a life in all ways to please him. Amen? If the, bland, if the band can please come up. Jesus. If you could close your eyes all across this place. Lord, we thank you for your word that has gone forth. Your word is living and it is active. It is sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the, the thoughts and the attitudes of our hearts. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would show us areas in our life that need to change because you have called us to live free. You have called us to live a life of grace. Your grace covers us, God. And we are not led by our flesh. We are led by the Spirit of God. And Lord, I pray that if there's anything in our heart, in our life, that we have allowed to take root, I pray that today you will do surgery and pluck it out. I pray that every single person in this room will hear you speak to them, that you would reveal things to them, things known and unknown in their heart. God, you said our, there is, our, our hearts are wicked. They are so wicked, God. They lead us astray. But by your spirit, victory is made sure. I want you to think of somebody in your life that you haven't forgiven. If you do not love your neighbor as yourself, people in, the, in this church, in the church universal, the whole body of Christ, and even unbelievers, if there's anybody in your life that you do not have the love of Christ for, Jesus wants to set you free. The devil wants to keep you chained up, but Jesus wants to set you free. If you can't serve that person humbly, if you can't serve them and honor them and pray a blessing over them, you have not truly forgiven them. You don't have to be their best friend again, but forgiveness, will, unforgiveness will keep you a prisoner. And the Bible says that if we cannot forgive our neighbor who sins against us, then he cannot forgive our sins when we've sinned against him. Do you have love in your heart for those that have been made in the image of Christ? Walking by the Spirit and humility, have you allowed pride to come up and well inside of you? See, pride opposes the Spirit of God. You are not able to be like-minded with Him. You are not able to be one with Him in spirit and mind. When you walk in the Spirit, it must be in the act of humility. If you're dealing with pride this morning, you're going to have the opportunity to come forward and meet with the Lord and have him change you to rearrange things in your life. Do not gratify your flesh. If you've opened doors to the enemy, just a small little crack is all he needs. Get rid of it all. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Ask God for you to give you a holy fear of him a reverence for him, an honor for him, that you would tremble at the thought of sin being in your life. And if you want to keep in step with the Spirit, 
It doesn't matter if you've been saved for two years, 20 years, two days, two months. It doesn't matter. Every believer is called to keep in step with the Spirit every day of our life. To be united with Christ by daily following Him. Spending time in His Word. Hearing what He has to say to us. Praying. Praying for the needs of people. Seeking Him in prayer on your behalf. On behalf of our nation. So that the lost can be saved. Do you want to keep in step with the Spirit? Berto, if you could come and move this table, please. Hallelujah. I want you guys to spend a couple of minutes talking to Jesus before I call you up to respond. Let God go deep. Let God go deep into your heart this morning. We're not going to rush him, but it's between you and the Lord. I'm not going to release the altar workers at this moment because I feel that if you cannot be real with God when you come up here, you cannot be real with man. God sees right through you. We have to be a people of believers that live life in the spirit, that walk in the spirit, walk in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is the life that we are to live. We must keep in step with him, not gratifying our flesh, not allowing those things to come and take over us, but in humility, serving Christ, serving his body, honoring others above ourselves. If you could all stand up with me to your feet. If you know that you need to walk in the Spirit on a new level, I want you to respond to this altar call right now. Just you and Jesus, come forward. You need more love. There is unforgiveness and bitterness that is holding you back. God wants to break the chains. You've been giving in to your flesh, your flesh that was crucified with Christ. It no longer lives, but you've allowed it to come up and fester. Come up forward, all the way up to the front. Spread all across this altar right here. You and Jesus. You and Jesus. Start talking to him. Come on. We're going to lay hands in just a moment. But we're not miracle workers up here. Jesus is your miracle worker. Jesus is the one that's going to set you free. Jesus is the one that's going to heal you. Jesus is going to be the one to mend your brokenness. Jesus is going to be the one to give you his spirit to you so that you can forgive those who have hurt you. To pluck out pride in your life. We cannot do that for you. If you are not serious with God right here at this altar, there is nothing else that we can do. Come on, get desperate, man, if you can sing out right now. Everybody that responded to this altar call, lift up your hands all across this room. I want you to go hard after Jesus right now. Come on, lift up your voices in desperation and say, Jesus, I can't do it without you. I want to walk in the Spirit. Lead me, guide me, empower me to live a life that pleases you in all ways. In my actions, in my
my words, come on. just start laying hands on everybody and for those of you that are here don't wait for that altar worker to come God can meet you right where you're at Jesus Jesus speak speak to your sons and daughters God Oh, 
Jesus or none of him. He must be your master, the ruler of your life. He wants to possess everything that you are about. Woo! Take over, Jesus. Take over, Jesus. Come on, if that's you this morning, I want you to sing this. Let your words be heard. You don't want any other lover. I don't want any other us from keeping in step with the Spirit. Take it away, God. Oh, showers of mercy and grace all over this place right now. Forgiveness, mercy, love, joy. Come 
on. It's being poured out over you. Receive it this morning. More of him and less of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit wants to move in this place right now. He wants to speak a specific word to you in your life. And I want you to position yourself to hear what he would have to say. It may not come from a leader and a prophetic word, but he's going to speak to you. Prophecies will come forth today. But you have to learn how to hear Jesus for yourself. Because you don't have leaders with you. When you go home, Jesus is your leader. You may say, oh, my leader, you know, he or she, they work in the prophetic. I wish they could just go with me wherever I go so I could hear what God is saying. No, no, no. You must learn to hear God for yourself. It is a privilege The Bible says that his sheep know his voice. We know his voice. And if we are to walk in the spirit and be led in the spirit and be empowered by him, we must hear what he says. And we must follow in complete submission and obedience to his will. Speak right now, God, to your sons and your daughters. We are listening. Bible says to be still and know that he is God. Be still and know that he is God. believe that word was for many in this room but specifically Lula I believe that was for you and God wants you to know that unless you're willing to let go what is in your hand he cannot release to you in this next season what's in his your word is let go let go and let God don't hold back anymore Because your latter years are going to be greater than your former years. Woo! But you have to let go, Lula. 
You have got to let go and let God do what he has got to do in your life because he will now release what is in his hand until you let go of what is in yours. Woo! Jesus. Christina, stop trying to work your salvation. You can't do one thing to make me love you more. Be in me. Walk in me. Stop trying. Stop doing. Stop working. Be. Live. Walk in me. I've already done it all. There's nothing more that you can do. It has been done. It was finished on the cross. Walk in me. Find yourself in me. Woo! You can't do one more thing to earn it. To earn his love. To make him like you more. Stop trying to fix stuff. Jesus. It was finished on the cross on Calvary. Every good and perfect gift is from above, given to you. He does not withhold anything from you. Woo! He does not withhold his love. He does not withhold his grace and his mercy, his favor, his faithfulness. You have full access. You need to come. You need to just walk into it. You need to accept it and stop working for it. Woo! Take it, girl. Just take it. Woo! Elliot, I hear the Lord saying over your life that it is time to stand and step into the call that God has placed over your life. I break that spirit of confusion over you in Jesus' name. You are called. You are called to do mighty things in the name of Jesus. You are significant to the kingdom of God. Wake up and rise up, man of God. Wake up and rise up, man of God. You have a powerful name, Samuel. He was a priest in the house of God. He is going to raise you up in this place to be a prophet in the land that will speak his word in due time. And when you say, yes, Lord, I am listening, Sammy, you will hear his voice. He wants to speak to you. Even at this young age, you have to position yourself and make that decision that you're all in or you're going to be all out because you're at a crossroads and you're going to either choose life or you're going to choose death. But God says, I will raise you up, not by your own doing. If you choose me, I'll raise you up. 
to be a priest in my house, a prophet to the land that will turn sinners from the error of their way. You got to go after him, Sammy. Don't look at your past or your present. Look to what God has for your future because it is great and he is going to use you mightily. The hand of God is heavy on your life. If you walk in obedience, if you listen to hear his voice when he wants to talk to you, he's going to tell you great and mighty things. Call out to him and he will, he will show you great and mighty things. Says it in Jeremiah. Hallelujah, Lord. You three young girls right here, Isis, Aaliyah, and I'm not sure of your name. Jalissa. But you all have something in common. You all want to be loved. And if it's the absence of a man in your life, God wants to heal you today. God wants to tell you to stop looking in the wrong places. His love is enough for all three of you. Though you might not have a father physically, he is more of a father to you than any man would ever be able to be. Stop looking for love. His love is here now for you. Receive his love. Become a daughter of the king today. Know that he holds you in his hands. Know that he walks with you. And he speaks to you like a father, like a loving, good father. Open your ears and listen. you to know that he calls you a hard worker and just as he has fashioned and formed you to to work with your hands and do what you do in the secular field he wants you to know you're gonna get ready to be a hard worker for his kingdom he sees all that you've done in secret he sees all you do behind the scenes but you're going to work for his kingdom. Don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but just get ready because you're going to step into this new place. And all the seed that you've sown into people's life is going to come into fruition. And you're going to be seen as a mighty leader, a man of God that people go to for counsel, for wisdom. Stay focused on what God has for you in this season. Because it's not over. You are a hard working man. God made you that way. And not only, like I said, in the secular world, but for his kingdom to come to this earth, he has a purpose and a plan for your life. Don't lose focus and don't get off track. Keep your eyes on him. You will not miss the mark. Brian, God also wants you to know, regardless of the things that you have dealt with, your heart is pure before him. Your heart is pure. He hears
hears you when you pray. He knows your desires. And he will fulfill the things that he has promised you, the things that have been spoken over your life. He will fulfill those things. Your heart is pure. He sees your desires. He knows that you love him. He knows that you desire greater things. Tina, you are not alone. You are not alone. He walks with you. He takes you by the hand. You are his daughter. Every lie that the enemy tries to plant into your mind, you are to refute it. You are never alone. He watches you when you sleep. He watches you when you go to work. He watches you when he take care of your children. And he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. I see all that you do. It is pleasing in my sight. Keep walking with me. Keep talking to me. I love to hear what's on your heart. You're not alone. You are in communion with me. I fulfill your every desire. In me, you find satisfaction. In me, you find your purpose. In me, you find fulfillment. It will come through no one else. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Stay focused. Stay focused. Amy in the back. God wants you to know that he holds your family in his hands. That he has it under control. Though you may feel like you are losing control, God is not worried. He has it under control. Be obedient to the call of God. Be obedient to his word. And he will bring your family close behind you. He will bring your children in line in order with you and your husband. Your marriage will be good. Your marriage will be prosperous. But you must be obedient. Be obedient and your family will get in line. Iris, he calls you beautiful beautiful I don't know if that's something that you've heard him say or have lacked to hear but he calls you beautiful my beloved there is nothing in the way between you and him any hindrance that is there he pushes it aside because he wants you to come closer. If there is any hindrance that you have put there, he wants you to move it. He longs for you. He wants you to commune with him every day. You are beautiful to him. You are precious to him. You are his daughter. He will be your everything if you let him. He also wants you to know that this is just the beginning. Though you think you've seen things and you've been places, God wants you to know that this is the beginning and there is more. There is more for you. You are not too old. You have not come too late. This is only the beginning for you. There is more. 
Joshua Cruz for such a time as this he found you you didn't find him he found you he found you and he's saying to you rise up man of God rise up there are great and mighty things that he's going to do in your life take that stand and rise up stand up for holiness stand up for righteousness allow the Spirit of God to bring conviction into your life for such a time as this he found you your family will come to know Jesus you are that pillar in the house that you and your family will serve the Lord Woo, Jesus I just see souls all over you souls will be brought into the kingdom of God you remain obedient to what he has called for you to do in this next season souls will be brought into God's kingdom because of your faithfulness not your gifts not your charisma your faithfulness to God because your gifts will take you places but it's your character that's gonna keep you there so you allow God to develop that character in you right now allow him to rearrange things and cleanse things and examine things souls are at stake Let's just uh, give the Lord a hand clap for all those words. Amen. Amen. You may prayerfully find your way back to your seat. I believe that those that are gifted in our church with the prophetic words could keep going all day. But I just really felt in my heart that we need to release you now to meditate and write down what God is speaking to you. Because remember, it's always going to come from God to you first. Jared, would you uh, get the platform for me, please? It's always going to come that way. All the prophetic gift does, when you hear my wife and the others, thank you, sir, when they speak on behalf of God, all they're saying is simply what God has been trying to say to you. Sometimes we're not listening. Sometimes we heard it, but we said, no, that wasn't God. So I, I believe firmly in what's called the priesthood of the believer. That means that God and you make your life complete. You don't need to look to a pastor, a preacher, anyone else. These will always assist you, but you don't have to look to them to find the word or what God is saying. Can I get an amen? So I just felt to close it down because I know we could keep going for hour after hour, uh, just literally one after another, because people who are gifted in that way, can see into your life, see the things you need to work on and encourage you with the things of God. They can do that. But I believe the Holy Spirit wants to teach you to do that right now. So pull out that journal and meditate for a few moments and you can start by saying a simple prayer like this. Let's all say this together as you're getting ready. Close your eyes. The reason why we close our eyes is to not be distracted. That's the only reason why we do that. We can pray with our eyes open, but we, we just don't want to be distracted. And it's easier to 
think on our life when we do that. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll just take a short nap, and before I'll, I'll, I'll go to sleep, I'll just think about my life with my eyes closed, and I can use my imagination. And so it's just something we do, okay? So don't make it something that it's not. We close our eyes to get rid of distractions. And with your eyes closed, now just say this with me. Jesus, tell me what you're thinking about my life right now. Holy Spirit, I'm listening. And as you do, write it down. As you hear, write it down. Minstrel, would you come and just prophesy over that microphone? Please. Remember, the journal can go both ways. You can write what you're praying to God because you may not always hear him, but you can write what your prayer is. God, I just really hope that during this time that my attitude really changes, Lord. You know I've been giving this to you, and Lord, I just believe it's today's the day. And why is it good to do that? Because you can look back on this journal a couple years from now and everybody calls you the nice one at work, and you can go, see, I used to be Sister Sassy, but now God changed me. Look, man, that happened here, August 10th, at this conference, Life in the Spirit. That's when I got that attitude adjustment, got rid of my stinking thinking. Come on, 30 more seconds, because I know some of you are just hearing burrito. You're hearing pizza. <laughs> You're hearing hot dog. You're hungry. Come on, just 30 more seconds. Jesus will be with us as we go to lunch, amen but we just want to honor him and what he's doing here. We meditate, ponder, open our hearts to hear what he says. Lord, we thank you for today. Already, God, you have showed up in such an amazing way. Lives have been changed. Lord, I know personally that this message uh, spoke to me about living in a certain way, God, about my temper and, and how I treat people, that you, you want me to be patient in those areas and do it like the way you do it. And, Lord, I know you're speaking those things to many people's lives. So, Lord, as we go now to put it into practice, as we get into the car and face traffic, as we deal with uh, unhelpful people at restaurants, and, Lord, as we go to work Monday and we deal with the stresses of our job and family members who don't act right, Lord, would we remember what you did right here 
what you did right here, may we never forget so that we can live it out there. Bless us as we go our separate ways for lunch. Bring us back together to hear about working in the Spirit, how to do the day-to-day deeds of the, the, the Spirit, how to please you in our prayers and Bible reading and witnessing and parenting. Lord, bring us back excited. In your precious name we pray. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Can you stand to your feet and bless him today? Come on, just give him a standing ovation. Woo, hallelujah. Come on, you ain't doing it yet. Amen. Amen. We're going-